0: Thank you. That was the craziest thing. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Sorry about that. There was some kind of oddity tonight. Definitely on my end, it wasn't on YouTube. I'm not going to blame anybody except myself. So good good evening, everyone. Welcome to NoxMente. Tonight we have intuitive empath, tarot reader, and seer, Jenny Moonstone from the Jenny Moonstone channel. Welcome, Jenny.
1: Okay, I have no Jenny. bio for <laughs> you
0: because <laughs> I'm okay I'm here myself good all right there we go we were go. trying
1: to put a bio together pre-chat everyone
0: but that's not what happened
2: <laughs> that's uh that's quite all right it's it's hard to sum people up uh with a real quick you know intro and I haven't exactly refined my uh you know exactly what I would call myself and
1: I'm, I'm okay with seer for now I love Sears, I told you. And I really despise this aspect of culture where we all have to have titles. Mm-hmm. Like, we're so much more than than these little memes. And um, it's just refreshing to see that in someone else. Girl, fight the power.
2: Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just weird because it's like I've been so many different things over the course of my life that, you know, I could call myself 10,000 things. Yes. You know, but I get by what I do by profession. You know, I'm a tarot reader. Um, I'm also a, a researcher. It's you know, such a great word. People love to use that word so loosely now. Now everybody's a researcher.
1: Yes, yes, it's gotten so calm like that.
0: If it's you can use thing. Google, you're a researcher.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, well,
2: I you I had lucky. That's what I call myself. I call myself really, really fortunate to do what I'm good at and what I love.
1: it's good to throw this is the thing about words too as you you well know this it's um it's good to throw those kinds of words on yourself lucky is a great word to swim in and I I try to do that too you just always have to watch out what other people throw at you
2: for sure we can very easily become you know how other people who other people define us as
1: right well as we know words are spells I mean in the end they really are and they come from breath <laughs> someone's breath towards you and intent it's crazy it's really crazy um all right cool oh I will also want to um congratulate you on getting cliff high on I enjoyed that very much that was a score
2: yeah tell me about it I she's I've been following cliff since I was uh you know 1920 and Um, be able to host him and ask him questions that I wanted to ask him not in any way related to cryptocurrency or anything trendy I wanted to take it back like real old school and talk about some mythology and um, you know that's that's my wheelhouse that's where my passion is is more in you know in myth and human origins as opposed to all this you know all this nuts and bolts stuff with the conspiracies and the all, all that that's not my that's not my world I mean we gotta we've gotta be we've gotta learn about it and stuff but my my house 12th house very 12th house energy triple Pisces so I swim yes. yeah I swim through the ocean of ancestral memory all the time
1: I'm heavy 12th house too. My son's right on the cusp, but it was, that's why I enjoyed your interview with Cliff is because I'm interested in that side of Cliff as well. And there's so little of it out there and he's clearly interested in all that.
2: Oh yeah. I mean the crypto thing with, you know, that's so recent, you know, relatively speaking. And before that, I mean, it, he was all about the woo and I'm like, let's bring it back with the woo. So woo, yeah. woo Yes. <laughs> Um, you know, I, people have their, their comments, and their opinions about him and that's fine. I, I don't think anybody has ever made any kind of a, an impact without also being critiqued. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a
1: great guy. He's really, really very charming too. Yeah, I could tell. I liked, I enjoyed the report. So rock on girl with that. Should we get into, into you? into miss jenny moonstone first let me ask you guys why did you ask me so? you
0: don't get to ask questions
1: oh i don't oh, now that Jerry. we've
0: started the show yeah i'm kidding
1: Jenny he starts out turning the tables
2: <laughs> well cause i'm honestly i'm genuinely curious like you know it's like i'm just me i'm like i've you know i'm not that I'm not i've been
0: following guy. you before i started this podcast. Since before yeah, you
2: and Hi- and Heidi and Heidi, yeah. Oh wow! I had no idea. That's wild. That's awesome. I
0: teased you from chat. You just never read it.
2: <laughs> told you, I'm telling you, it's all this. It's the triple Pisces. I'm like, I'm not really. I'm here, but I'm not really here. I'm like, uh, I miss the. Future.
1: Well, you have a footprint, and you're interesting, and these are kinds of you know we like interesting people. And our table of guests is is broad, and we just you know you fit all the criteria.
2: Thank you. You know, I've really got to like commend you guys. You have such a stacked list of people that you've had on the show. I'm like it's a it's a who's who of everybody. And I was telling you guys before we went on the air that it's like the alt media uh, version of Inside the Actors Studio. It's like an intimate look at everybody who's you know out there speaking their truth and there's nothing really out there like this so you you know you guys are doing something really really special and i'm so happy that you guys let me back on after last
1: time oh thank you jenny i love that's got to be my favorite comment now because i love inside the Actors studio oh yeah i like you know nobody got to hear that though Nobody got to hear that. What happened?
0: We weren't live when she said that.
1: Oh, earlier, yeah. It's um I'm more interested these days in actual personal interactions where we can we can talk and find connection and people can find what people are doing by looking for them in the world. But seems like so little is known about some of these people. What do you think? How do you feel? Where are you from? All that kind of stuff. Okay. And on that note, Jenny. boom boom um tell us about your earliest memories and the world the world you grew up in that sticks out from now like that you think back on and those kinds of stuff pop culture all that
2: what an amazing it's so great I you know I my clients stuff I end up asking a lot of very interesting questions um as they arise and it's so it's so seldom that I'm asked such a, a an amazing question, so that's great. It gives me so much because um pretty much the pretty much the reason why I do this at all is because of my pedigree. I kind of just want to call it that these days um, because it has everything to do with um I think that you know the family I was born into, um, my bloodline, my my ancestry. Um, the fact that I'm able to do the work that I do, um, in terms of this, the seeing part of the seer, um, all of it. I mean, it's just it's really interesting because you talk to a lot of people, um, and and you come to find these common threads that we all have. Um, and when I say we, I mean the people that you know find ourselves in this position to feel compelled to speak out about truths. Um, to, you know, whether it be MKUltra or, um, you know, 9-11 or vaccines, everybody kind of feels that call. And so, you know, there are a lot of people that have these common threads, Um, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people that I'm very close with that also have platforms. A lot of them are, you know, connected in some way to military or government, or there's a lot of intelligence stuff that goes on. Um, and so for me, I was born into an intelligence family. Um, my father is an Ashkenazi Jew. Um, he has worked for, um, you know, he's worked for the, the government pretty much his entire life. I mean, he was groomed for it. He went to the National War College. Um, you know, he was internal, internal corruption at NYPD. You know, the State Department gave him a scholarship. I mean, he's really just as deep state as it gets. Um, and myself you know I was raised overseas I went to international schools and um, to me all of that was very normal It was my life it was my experience and I didn't have any real perspective on it until I got older and kind of looked you know turned around and was like wow all that's really weird and all these people that I talk to and their interesting you know memories of childhood and you know just some strange commonalities you start to kind of put, pieces together and um you know I don't know exactly what that is yet but um yeah I'm really I'm very very talented at going off on tangents so please feel free to like rope me back in at any
1: point (laughs) it's your Pisces energy Jerry's got it too yeah
0: but but we also like to give everybody the rope to hang themselves if they want to right
1: here you go it's all no hanging no hanging no
0: I mean I'll stop you if you go crazy but you know what I'm saying I don't want to interrupt you there might be some goodies in there
2: yeah right. Do you see things to be held against me in the future? No no, no
1: not at all.
2: <laughs> I'm just kidding
1: did you um did you since you were you're moving around a lot because of the military upbringing did you get to be in nature at all
2: well um just to to clarify it was um obviously like there there were always military ties there. My dad was always working directly with the military, but uh my dad works. Worked for the State Department while I was with them overseas.
1: Um, okay, I got yeah, it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's had various jobs, but primarily employed by the State Department. Um, but now, you know, he's still actively working, and you know, works for various agencies. It's funny. We actually have a good relationship. Like, I really like my dad, but our views are so just insanely opposite. It's, it's very. Uh, it's, it's wild now. Um, but yeah, nature, I was actually gifted, uh, with nature, um, you know, stunning, rugged nature, um, from the ages of, I want to say like eight to, uh, 14 when we lived, we lived in Rome in Italy and we lived in Budapest, Hungary. Um, and as a kid, mm, Budapest. yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. And my parents dragged me along with them all across the Italian countryside and I've seen beauty in nature there that still just kind of strums at my soul, kind of like a heart. It's like I'm automatically back there. And you know, it's really funny because I, I still often dream about those places that I visited when I was a kid. And it makes one wonder, you know, if, if somehow there isn't this kind of divine orchestrated mechanism that brings us at specific times in our lives to certain points on the planet, certain natural places where certain things have to happen, realizations, frequencies, whatever the case may be. But I'm eternally grateful for the opportunities I had to be in that kind of nature. And I kicked and screamed. I was like, no, I want to hang out with my friends, you know, whatever. And they were like, no we're here in italy we got this awesome your dad your father got this awesome assignment we're going to the countryside you're coming with us we can't leave you behind because we're, we're in a foreign country and someone will take you and hold the embassy ransom you know what i mean so like that was kind of my oh, life damn. <laughs> yeah, so when you're a when you're a, a child of a diplomat overseas it's an entirely different lifestyle like i was used to Uh, the Marines would come to our house wherever we lived, and they would make their round. All of the the diplomatic families that lived off of a compound, because there were compounds in those cities for the diplomats, for the Americans, but people did sometimes get housing off of the compounds, and so the Marines would make their rounds because even then, back in uh, the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, it was... uh, it was still pretty hectic. It was a dangerous, dangerous time to be a diplomat, an American overseas. So yeah, they dragged me. They dragged me out there and I got to see all kinds of ruins. And now I I cry because I'm like, God, if only I could go back there now as an adult, I would never leave, you know? you don't appreciate it as a little kid. Ruins. Ruins, yeah.
0: Ruins. Like
2: like the Colosseum the was a horrible place to visit. The Vatican was another horrible place to visit. Um, and we went there often because my school was so Roman Catholic. Um, but, the, yeah, the natural part of Italy is just, that stuff will change you. It'll change you forever. It'll spoil you.
1: It's, well, it's funny how that, you know, some of the ancient stuff, now that's all come full circle for you. And so you have actually um can type into the vibe of it, having lived in these places and experienced um the patina, if you will, of of the remnants of these places.
2: Oh, I really like the way that you I really
1: do. Did you when you were very young, did you like any kind of like cartoons? What kind of pop culture y stuff did you like?
2: Well, um, you know, just like a lot, I'm twenty nine. Okay, so Ooh, I'm
1: Saturn girl, Saturn.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm in
1: yeah, my Saturn
2: just, right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's real fun. It's great fun. Um, <laughs> I'm loving every minute.
1: I see you laughing.
2: Yeah, you know, but uh, but um, you know, a lot of it was the same as my peers. I mean, I watched a lot of Nickelodeon. I watched a lot of Disney. Um. I was actually, you know, because I lived overseas, we got different TV. So I actually got to watch, for example, I get to watch like the Osborns, completely uncensored. So that was really cool. Like uh international TV, they'll they'll show hardcore porn with cities and bush and balls at like 11 at night. <laughs> oh yeah, it's but, a different
0: world. No murders. They <laughs> keep the vi- there's right. no violence.
2: right right no it was just you know it was was really interesting growing up out out there it's um only when I moved back to the U.S. to start high school did I really like get a a feel for the contrast how good I had it
1: let's talk about that for a minute Jenny so when you moved back and you were how old were you
2: I was it I was about I was 14 years old I was 14 when we um moved back to part well, not back because we hadn't lived in Parkland before. Um, but I just mean we moved back to the, the United States. We we my dad worked in Washington DC, um, 1997, and then 1997 that summer we moved to Rome, and so we did that for five years, and then we came back to the United States and dropped anchor in Parkland, Florida, home of Stoneman Douglas um where that where the shooting took place right yeah yeah so that's you know it's all very weird <laughs> it's all very those
1: weird. connections are always strange when stuff like that lines up in your constellation what was that so when you so coming back so what are the differences let's just chat about the differences between um living here and then living abroad for a minute
2: well, um, but, you know, obviously pointing out the, the obvious differences in culture, um, whereas here things are so sort of given to you uh, in, in some form, whether it be what you want to eat, what you want to watch, uh, what you want to do, all of these options are given to you by various media sources it wasn't really like that out there. People, the people in their countries, I mean, it was a different time. Um, I was, you know, we're talking 15, you know, it, more over 15 years ago, um, things were different there now, I I, I would venture to say, uh, with you know, the immigration problem they're having. And yeah, definitely. And other things, but no, people were more of the culture creators out there. They were more deep rooted than we are here. Um, That just the sense of what they do with their spare time, their attitude towards food, their attitude towards entertainment and sex and relationships um, is far richer, far older back back there. Um, People just, you know, and I'm not saying anything against America or Americans. I'm American and I live in America and it's, um, it's fine. It's great. Um, But it was a real culture shock when we moved back. Uh, because I had gone to private schools. um I went from a school of about four fifty at uh, the American International School in Budapest, um, which is very you know elite um, very small, very remote in the hills of Nackevace, um, which is a um a part of of the Hungarian countryside um, You know, and then coming back to South, going, moving to South Florida in a school, Stoneman Douglas at the time boasted 4,000 students. And me really being, I'm similar now to the way I was back then in the the sense that I've always been very weird. And people here did not take kindly to that at all. And it was pretty hard. It was was very brutal. And as a result of that, I kind of, you know, got pushed into a, a, a person a persona um or a personality that was very hard i became very rough i became very angry and i was very combative and uh yeah so i think coming back here and being you know the delicate flower that i truly am deep down um and then getting squashed um by real the reality of life in broward a teenager in broward county um i had to become really tough and that was rough
1: you know that was hard but you are it, a triple pisces i have, I love my pisces friends yeah. <laughs> the tender ones
2: yeah but you know you you can't be that way especially not you know not in high school not in not in broward county broward county is a notoriously um uh, it's just it's it's weird down here and par- even though i went to school in parkland i mean there's obviously you can see there are you know, kids everywhere that have issues and staff is corrupt. Um, Parkland, I, I'm sorry to say, um, has been corrupt since I've been a student there as well. I mean, you would think that these richer areas, I mean, Parkland is an extremely affluent city, um, but the corruption that's being exposed out of that place is mind blowing. So, you know, corruption in the high school as well between the kids. I mean, I've seen kids do some really horrible things to each other in that school.
1: Yeah, kids and groups are rough, I've always found. So you said, I like this, this, and I wrote it down, that you were, um, you called yourself a weird kid. And um, so tell us how, like, give us a little more on that. I love, this is the stuff I love. What made you a weird kid?
2: Well, you know, at the time, like when, when in, you know, puberty and things like that, we're really struggling to find out like, you know, who we are and what makes us feel good, what makes us feel bad. Um, all of that was very amplified for me and also super confusing because I was having very, very serious problems at home. Um, and so my parents had me heavily medicated um, and I was undergoing intensive. Psychotherapy, um, and I was under the control of several doctors and therapists for over the course of my entire from age 12, 11 or twelve, all the way up to legally being 18. Um, I was under the influence of SSRIs and all kinds of uh antidepressants. They even tried a, an antipsychotic one time, um, but that one knocked me out for three days. So they said, none of that. I guess she can't take it. So um was it a
0: Billify? You
2: know, it was, was Giadon Giadon you uh, know I don't know yeah everything's
0: do. different you're like a generation two generations younger
2: yeah
0: they are, are away from us so like we don't even have a reference for your childhood stuff like what you watched on TV I don't know about you Nish but I certainly do not No, That's I like,
1: watched Nick at night I loved it they have played all the old movies and all that Jerry you're a little bit older than me <sighs>
0: Not much. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> Not much. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, like it just. Yeah, never mind. Never mind.
1: No, but it is. It's true. I don't know these drugs. Like the the one I remember when I was little, they gave my brother was like Ritalin. That's how far back that goes. I don't even know if they still have that. Oh yeah.
2: I'm certain they do because there's a market for people <laughs> still making
0: money. It's so old. There's a generic.
1: Mm-hmm. So Jenny, that that. When you were on those SSRIs, you know, I, I'm with you on the, with my opinion about those, by the way. And, um, I don't think that's a secret to anyone. I'm just, I'm not sure. You know, I see like, I can, I'm seeing beneath the, I think we all see beneath the fiber of what's going on with that. Um, did you, were you able to dream when you were on those? I hear stories that it kind of shuts people's dreams down.
2: No, it had the, the opposite effect for me. Um, and at the time you have to understand, um, I was not taking my medication directly. I was being very irresponsible with them. Um, I was even selling them to my friends. Um, and I can admit all of this now, you know, I was, I was a pretty, I was a naughty, naughty girl. I was, <laughs> I was a naughty kid. Um, and, you know, in as anybody else, as any other teenager that's trying to find themselves, all of that for me was so much more extreme because of all the medication. Um, but I was able to dream. It actually had the opposite effect where all of my psychic faculties were so out of control that I would have a really hard time deciphering reality from, from fantasy because I was First of all, not taking them correctly. I shouldn't have been given half of this shit to begin with. They were guinea pigging me. They thought that it was interesting because I would report interesting things. Um, some of it, some of which were dreams and experiences that, that, that I was having kind of in waking life. Um, so there were many times when I would enter a dreamlike state while I was awake and conscious. And I think, you know, that doesn't happen to me now. Um, And I think that that's because I'm not under the influence of any medication uh, or any chemical like that, that alters my brain in that way. Um, But I was able to dream. I, I've had, I had prophetic dreams. I had vivid dreams. It didn't, it didn't lock me out of any kind of state like that. What it did was it locked me into a hypersensitive psychic state. So things became dangerous in that way um, to where I was, saying things, and doing things, and acting a certain way where I was like is this a dream? Is this real? And I was super sensitive to the world around me. So it, you know, I'm sure as an observer, as an outsider, somebody looking in and and viewing what I was doing, it must have been a wonder to behold. Like, wow. Look at this girl. She's nuts. I mean, this is this is some this is some crazy shit. So, uh, you know, and I can look back and I can say that, you know, I'd look back at my teenage self, my young self, you know, 14, 15, 16. And I wish I could sit down with her and give her a big hug and tell her to, you know, tell your doctors and therapists to go fuck themselves and just start walking. You know, I don't know. I, I It's rough. That's why I advocate so much for, for kids these days. Um, I focus a lot on the exposure of pedophilia. But to me, that all kind of falls under the same um, empire—the empirical system of control. They aim to hurt the children, to control the children. So, as somebody that was hurt and controlled by the empire, by the empirical system, um, that's that's something that really calls deeply to me to action.
1: And everyone's better for these um, conversations and all this coming to light, for sure. I, I like to hear. Um, I like to hear these stories when, so one of the things I thought I heard, I can't remember who it was. They were talking it was the cock, it was the combination of the cocktail the doctors were giving them when they were young that made them basically kind of like brain dead. So they weren't having dreams, but they were on SSRIs too, but dreams were devoid. And I think it was, was the combo. I know so little about this stuff. I've never really, I've never been on anything. And um, fortunately I was allowed to just be my crazy self. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, all right, back. So back to your early like dream life, did you have things that, um, that so in, in the dreams, in the, in your dreaming as a young person, were there things that were like typically, um associated with like nightmares or night terrors, stuff like that that was a little bit on the scary side that you were encountering,
2: um, I hadn't noticed any pattern of symbology, if that's what you mean, like a certain animal that would come and represent uh, a certain omens or anything like that. I didn't notice a pattern because it was always very different. It was always very scattered.
0: how about, um, how about owls?
2: Well, you know, that's interesting because yes, Um, Mm. but that, that was something that came far later and acted as more of a, um, as more of a catalyst of remembering something that I forgot a long, long time ago. Mm. Um, But the owls didn't come until I was about 23, 24. Um, But then when they came, that was it. It was like, oh, they're everywhere.
0: What changed Um, in your life at that time that caused that?
2: I broke free from a very toxic, very abusive codependent relationship with a man that was older than myself, very controlling. Um, And I moved across the country and pretty much started new. I started fresh, and uh, I, you know, just hanging out outside. I was actually in Washington State, and um, the trees out there are beautiful. And I was sitting outside with my husband, and out of the corner of my, out of my uh, peripheral vision here. I felt before I even saw it, I could feel it. And I think it was the wingspan and it was just the fact that it moved through the tree so differently um, in comparison with, an, with a smaller bird or a squirrel or something like that. You could really get a sense for the weight and size of this thing just based on the way that it sounded. And I just, it was, this owl just felt like it was like some kind of interdimensional creature it was larger than life it had electricity that it brought with it and that moment for some reason I always attribute that moment to bringing me back into awareness of something that I before that point was not ready or willing or able to look at or contend with and I think that only after I was free of the abusive relationship was I able to create that space create that room to be able to deal with You know, to to be a useful human being, to do what I was supposed to do.
0: Let me ask you uh, one question for Mike Cleland, if he ever listens to the show. Um, What were you thinking right before you saw it? I mean, what what was going through your mind at the time that it surprised you? Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. You know, I was actually in a really good mood uh, because it was um, it was fall, and I love fall, and I was also carrying child i was pregnant with my daughter um which i think is significant because the most psychic dreams i've ever had was while i was pregnant with my daughter um
0: it's like double energy
2: oh my god yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's that's a big um big amount It was. that's amazing. why
0: people like to eat them you know it was a joke was oh a my joke.
1: god that's his Tourette's i was telling you about jenny that's exactly a good example
0: those are things you research and (laughs) terrible things i've researched and you know the rumors and i think okay it's funny it's funny it's funny i'm sorry
2: um no that's fine um i i was actually i believe i was being i was being lusty towards my husband because it was the right time of day, it was the right season. We were about to watch the labyrinth of all movies with David Bowie and the owl. Um,
0: <laughs> interesting. So this was after you had made your break? Your yes. escape from Alcatraz. You're you're yeah. all, so yeah. you you were all settled and like just at peace, kind of, and that's when yeah. it happened. Okay. Yeah. cool, interesting
2: five seconds to take a breath and kind of enjoy the new world that I built for myself it was mm-hmm. like well now you know you got a new challenge you got something else you can get yourself in trouble with
0: <laughs> yeah it almost seems like your old lifestyle was holding too much negative energy and you couldn't connect with that next thank level you. so you leveled up essentially by breaking that good job
1: thank you, thank you. that was the plan so in in this vein of, um, the scaries and dreams. So like, um, do you have dream imagery where say you were in, I don't know, cause everyone's so different, but a dark forest or the dark wood, or, um, maybe shadow beings, um, or, you know, the, and even with when you're super young, like the fear of the dark or things in the closet or in corners under the bed. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean I think my fear of the dark was no less or no more than any of my other fears. Um I actually got remember always feeling a sense of kind of excitement or adrenaline. Um I loved scary movies, I loved uh horror stories, ghost stories, all that sort of thing. And several houses that I lived in growing up were in fact haunted and I have had um Actually, many experiences—it was normal. I was just used to—I was used to being in between worlds. So, encountering a ghost or ghostly activity, none of that was strange to me. And so, I think for that, maybe for that reason, I didn't have recurring dreams of of being in any kind of um, terrifying situation that was outside of my control. I can actually say that I've always felt, um, perhaps, a comparatively. Large amount of control of my own dreams, my own surroundings, to where I was, you know, I was the commander. I was the one, um, you know, making things scary. If there was something scary, it was because I was making it scary. Um, and I don't actually, you know, recall falling victim to any kind of monsters or anything. It's only re- kind of recently in my adult years that I have terrifying dreams um, that, you know, I awaken and I feel very violated or upset or something like that it's only now but as a kid um I just you know I I have to say that I did always feel like there was something around me um something something that was good and something that was also bad um I've been hissed at I've been slapped I've had the covers pulled down my face over my body um all kinds of weird stuff (laughs)
1: <laughs> Will you give us a couple of those examples? That's the stuff I like to hear.
2: Oh, yeah, sure, sure. So there's one really interesting thing. Um, well, actually, two. And I, I like to, to use these as examples because really they're from my mother. And I these are examples of accounts that I don't actually have recollection of. And I tend to like that because that means that my filter or my perception of it is totally out of the picture. So I can't pepper it. I can't change it. I don't have to interpret it at all. Um, So her telling me these stories really, you know, she, she never ever found a reason to find, to tell me that I was special for any reasons So so she certainly wasn't telling me anything to make me feel powerful or anything. She was always like, Oh, you think you're special? (laughs) You know what I mean? So she wasn't trying to stroke my ego and be like, look at how powerful you are these abilities of yours are quite impressive let's help you to channel them and get good at this right <laughs> as a normal mother would do as well <laughs> i would do you know what i mean
1: yes um, are you I, an only child by the way
2: i'm not i have an older brother he's nine years uh older than me so we're very much on like 50 minutes
1: oh yeah yeah that's almost a generation yeah
2: but um so uh, when I was very small I believe I was about five years old my mother told me that I was um, so she she described it as my spirit being pushed out and another spirit entering me and she said it was the spirit of my grandmother who would have been her mother-in-law who never liked her and she said that I verbally attacked her um, as my 5-year-old self I verbally attacked my mother while possessed by the spirit of my grandmother and told her she would never be good enough for my dad or so you know so my mom was like it's you know so uh kind of an example of uh mediumship or whatever you'd like to call it um so that happened so that's not really a dream but that's kind of a ghostly uh experience there it's kind of a weird one um and I don't remember that but um is that kind of an example of what you were talking about?
1: That's a really good example and it's something that that was when you were 5, right? And your mom told you that.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: that stuff fascinates me. I have some some strange stories like that as well. Um so I I I, I want to get back to that maybe another show. That kind of stuff really is interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's spooky, and um, when it comes from, like, when the feedback comes from, like, a parent or something, it's just, it's interesting to me. And there's certain people I've encountered, including myself, that have these kind of weird stories from their parents. Um,
0: So Experiences like that, too, kind of, (sighs) to me, are at least proof of at least some kind of reincarnation system or something like that. If, If a conscious entity can enter your body, that means that any conscious entity can enter anybody or any you know
1: right that our vessels really are just vessels right
0: right which you know that shit seems to be all true
1: there's a lot of evidence especially the more people we actually get into these conversations with that is pointing to this that and this is what's so funny about people taking everything so seriously about you know their flesh i'm this i'm this or that when we really do seem to be just inhabiting vessels
2: temporary very
1: temporary huh? very very temporary yeah um okay so you mentioned a lot of stuff about having the control in your dreams and we can we can move on now past that early I think we got a good idea of you um the stuff that was kind of your building blocks what can you talk about some of the way you experience control within a dream and say lucidity and how you get around in that um landscape and definitely when we get more to the present I want to talk about these bad dreams
2: sure, sure. so um it's really interesting because uh I kind of for many years got ex- like I would get excited right before it was time to go to bed um because I knew that on the other side of waking life there was this other world that i was not only in control of but i knew people there and i for some reason i i had uh power there and i had um just there there was something there that i had there that i didn't have here now a lot of people might say oh you know well that's the definition of living in a fantasy world but um, it's interesting when you share a lot of similar experiences with people that feel the same way um, and even share dreams, And You know that sort of thing happens um, as I'm sure you know collective dreaming and dream sharing and that sort of thing does happen um, but I really think that there is something to be said for uh, going to sleep and sort of stepping into um, a different kind of existence um, for me It it would range from kind of free flying, um, you know, just sort of zipping across, you know, zipping through the air, zipping through water. My primary means of of travel um, out there, so to speak, um, it, it feels to be more of a plasmic viscosity than, you know, flying through air or swimming through, you know, heavy water, wet water, that sort of thing. Um, so I think that that might be indicative of of what, um, you know, what that, what that means for the spirit, what that means for how we move around and what we're capable of doing over there. We're not limited by this, you know, carbon-based um, existence where we can't move through these walls, we can't, you know, um, but it's a very different kind. It's very viscous, very plasmic feel um, out there. I mean, so really, it, it's funny because it's kind of like, for me, my body would become a ship. And so if I need to move left, I just tell my body to move left. If I need to move right, I tell my body to move right. If I need to go fast, and it's it kind of all feels like it's being um, commanded from like my spine and not even so much my brain. Um, and so in that sense, you know, the body becomes a kind of ship. So I've had a lot of practice with it because um, it's kind of, you know, since childhood, I want to say since I was really conscious of it, um, around 11 or 12, um, I've kind of refined um, that how this ship works. Now, it doesn't happen every single night. Um, I'm not lucid every single night. Sometimes I just dream. But I do always dream. I know people that tell me that they don't dream or they don't recall their dreams. And I just, I couldn't imagine dreamless sleep. Like for me, that is just such a wild concept that I can't even... I have a hard time imagining what that would be like. Cause to me, my dreams, it's like, it's another world. It's another life that I live. You know, it's like, I know people over there. I, I'm like, how you doing? How's it been? It's been a while. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I couldn't imagine.
1: I love, pardon me. I love your description of this um, plasmic viscosity. That is, uh, man, that's good. That's really good, and it it's very um visual, so like you get a feel for it, and movement from your spine also um was the viscosity
0: um did it correlate to the density of the energy
1: um
2: oh gosh, that's a really good question um well, I found that well, this is how I want to answer that. When it's time to move fast, it's because it's time to move fast. Either that means there's I'm in pursuit or evading something. Um, and in that event, you would imagine that it gets denser and heavier and starts to feel stuck. Um, but in any event like that, I can move quickly. <laughs> but um, that is a really interesting
1: question. Do you, <clears throat> so when you encounter people So let's talk about the architecture of Over There, then, um, and your experience with it. Um, And as everyone knows, that listens to the show. This is Jenny's show, and we don't care about what others, their experiences at this moment. And um, it's, that's how we run this. Um, So what is... what does the architecture look like for you or feel, how do you encounter it? So like the places you go, the people you encounter, does it morph and shift? Is it stable? What is the general dreamscape like? And well, this is just in general.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, in general, it really is always different. Um, but what I can say is that there are locations uh, that I seem to revisit um, a kind of Uh, And it's different. There are natural areas that I seem to revisit that are similar to each other. And then there are um, architectural places, like um, more modern, that I seem to revisit. And then there are underground places that I seem to revisit. So it's always different, um, but they're kind of the same as each other. So when when it's architectural, it's like I've been there before. Um, but the next night it'll be something natural um, but like i said the water the water is a very common element there's always water whether it be a modern structure or off planet or underground there's always always water i really believe that water is actually the untapped or un you know unrecognized or unrealized um, means of space travel of time travel um i think it's to everything um so you know that being said, the water seems to be the biggest, the biggest thing for me on the other side. Very watery place.
1: That's um, that's interesting. That's that's very interesting. Does, does yeah. it have a
0: larger structure like uh, a landscape, or is it always in a building or always confined?
1: How is it housed? Well, I mean.
2: It's weird because i how old am I? 29, and I've had so many thousands and thousands and thousands of dreams. It's like there really is no way to, to generalize it. Um it, it ranges. I mean, sometimes it's 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 just different. It's it's always different. Um, the common the common things also it has to do with like why we're there. So if we're, if there's a meeting, so there's a lot of meetings that go on. I don't know if this is just me or if this is other people too, but um, you know, sometimes people report all these discombobulated symbols and situations and things that just don't make any sense. And when you ask them, you like, oh, what'd you dream about? They're like, well, it was really just a whole bunch of nothing, a whole bunch of pictures. And so like, it's not like that for me. Um, you know, a dream can encompass an entire spectrum of, of, you know, the hero's journey sometimes I'm a villain sometimes I'm good sometimes I'm in between you know um so I think that there are some nights where we have creative experiences in the dream world and then we have other nights where perhaps we're doing some work perhaps we're doing um, teamwork as well sometimes it's it's uh, internal it's singular it's about you it's about the darkness inside your soul sometimes it's from premon- you know sometimes it's about premonition um and so as a Pisces, you know, it's very fluid for me. There's nothing stable about me. you know, I'm I'm all over the place all the time. So, you know, as it, a general rule, it's it's hard to come up with a pattern for me because I'm just like
1: water. <laughs> Be like water, as Bruce Lee said. Um, what okay, so I I'm interested in the underground aspects. I think you're the very first person I've encountered personally that has that's has Mention that space within the dreamscape
2: well yeah i mean and when i say underground i also mean like not even sort of down going lower but very much inside the earth like within a mountain or you know the side of something the side of a mountain the side of a of a uh, tree stump oh did i say tree stump i meant a plateau or basalt column I really didn't mean to say tree stump, but I kind I not mean to say tree stump
1: yeah, but it's interesting Wait, like a
0: flat tree earth tree stump like a mesa
2: no 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 okay no, no. okay like, i don't I don't think it's i don't think it's flat earth like I don't think in order for those to be tree stumps that that automatically means that the earth is flat i think no
0: I know flat. I know that
1: oh, okay, you're just giving me shit.
0: no, I'm but making fun of the, the, tree- the dude who made that video actually if you want to trace it back. The tree
1: represents all three worlds, you know, the leaves above the trunk here and the the roots and all that below.
0: That one dude, Earth Watchman, you know, who I'm talking about. He he found something on Google Earth that looked like petrified branches and leaves leaving impressions oh, yeah. in yes. the soil next to one of those mesas.
1: Yeah. Actually that footage I mean, is kind of remarkable.
0: It is. That's why I don't believe it.
1: because it is remarkable carry on so so when you're in these spaces like the down the inner spaces um in context to the dream the dreaming what so what are they what is that what is it like to be in them is there a darker feel are they lighter is it um i mean my mind wants to go to there are secrets here there are gems here there's stuff to be unearthed
2: well for me I you know even if because I, I can't really sit here and suggest to you that I am it would just be totally absurd for me to suggest that I am actually entering the earth and experiencing these things in real time in you know any kind of reality other than my dream world my fantasy my imagination right But right. the brain that's the that's world. where we are right right so okay so I'm glad that that's understood I
1: hope people you know well, oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't it sad we have to clarify all this? <laughs> you don't have so to.
0: Sad. You don't have to. You just, you guys feel like you have to and you do not at all. I know. It's we'll understood. criticism.
1: It's, you
0: know. It's the view of the show that all these places are other dimensions and not physical location. I think that's pretty much the general consensus all around, except for maybe secret space program freaks. So. Right. Okay.
2: That's cool. that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's almost a little bit it's a little bit less about exploring and more about it feels more like going home as opposed to going to some brand new terrifying new frontier where we've got to be really super careful about what's around the next corner. Because like I said, I don't have many of these fear based scary uh, environments where I'm, you know, um, you know kind of behind enemy lines or that I have to be scared to be honest with you in my dreams like I said like if if it's scary it's because I'm making it scary because I'm being the villain in my own in my own dream you know what I mean very very seldom am I the victim um but like I said recently and I think a lot of it has to do with like my speaking out publicly and kind of getting nasty eyes nasty attention on me I might have been kind of you know like I, I think that, that you know psychic attacks and things like that have a lot to do with it, but um, you know, it, it really is a feeling of going home. Um, the idea for me, symbolically, of going inside the earth has a lot to do with, like I said, swimming in the ocean of ancestral memory and just you know, um, sort of digging through that which I already know, that which already sort of exists already, it just needs to be found, it needs to be remembered. And I think all of these awesome dreamscapes, whether it be water, mountain, building, um, cave, whatever the case may be, there are opportunities for our like archetypes to um, kind of run the gamut, to kind of go through the whole spectrum of, of, you know, problem, there's a problem, we gotta figure out a way to get around this problem, there's a mission, there's, a, there's a, some kind of a gem to be found or some secret to be discovered. So, I think we get to experience all of these awesome, you know, heroic journeys in dream time. And I think a lot of it has to do with you know the, the collective cell memories that we have uh, in our DNA that are a result of all of those that have come before us and all that they know about the nature of the earth and the ocean and the sky. and um, and so that's why it's always been such a rich, um, beautiful, satisfying escape for me is to go to bed at night and dream and you know I love it I I really do dreaming is something I think is a gift and like I said that's why I just can't understand I can't imagine how sucky that would be to not dream or not remember your dreams every night
1: I agree it's done nothing but um enhanced how I view reality actually um which I think is very radical from a lot of people's views um, of reality. So that's interesting. I love, I like your perspective on that inner space. What about, so in the water, I want to get a little bit more into this water and um, in the last few shows and then kind of behind the scenes, I'm having a lot of talks with people about deep water. Mm-hmm. And, um, and because I, I'm, you know, it's, there's something bigger about it. And so since you're one that dreams with it, I do too. I'm always trying to get more people. I have been experiencing um, uh, the sense of that there's a, I don't know even how, a membrane at the deep ocean. And I don't know what that is. And this is in the dreamscape too, but uh, you know, where there's almost like another world. And I hate to use this. This visual for people because I think that this character ruined the series or that movie at least. But where Jar Jar Binks lives, you mm-hmm. know how there's a membrane and they go into it.
2: Is that Star Wars?
1: Yeah, and he he lives underwater and but there's like a mem- you know they cross through this membrane and something and I detest I was so not I'm not a Jar Jar Binks fan and it bothered me it was hard to get through that that movie but there was something about that imagery and the fact that there's like a membrane within the deep water whatever that is that i experienced in the dreamscape that um that i'm interested in hearing more about from people who do experience water in dreams
2: that's really quite incredible um and i although i haven't seen those movies um
1: you're you're all right for not
2: I, you know, I, I never felt really like I never felt super into that. That wasn't really ever my thing. I'm more of like a Harry Potter. Harry Potter is my thing. Harry Potter, uh Starship Troopers, Lord of the Rings, that sort of thing. But um, it's never Star Wars or never Star Trek. But I, you know, as we move into this fantastic age of quote unquote disclosure, and we have all of these freaking fantastic narrative about the secret space program and what it is and who made it and where it's going um my mind will immediately go to uh you know how they're how they're doing it and kind of how all of these warring narratives are just fronts so they're warring front because everybody wants to get ahead of the narrative and control people's perceptions of space travel, of the nature of space travel, what space is, what time is, whether or not we can manipulate it, which we can manipulate it and we have manipulated it. Um, but this membrane that you speak of, I do feel like I know I, 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 that resonates for me as well. And I'm always guided to this um, merging place in in um, South America. Central South America, um, you know, it's revered that where salt water and brackish water, so um, like river water and ocean water, okay, so it's like that sort of earthy, muddy color from the brackish water from the rivers um, meet with the salty water. Those meeting points of those two waters are revered as being extremely sacred Sort of teeming with life, and it's you know that water is has all kinds of potent magical properties. That you know, it's the shamans that revere all of that. These are very sacred, sacred places. The
0: brackish water
2: where the brackish water meets the salt water, so mm. where the river meets mm. the mouth of the river enters into the ocean.
0: It's the in between. It's a liminal state. The the waters in the liminality in that zone. Oh. If you think about it,
2: yeah. Well, sure. It's certainly not a stretch. It makes perfect sense to me. There's, there's really, really something there.
0: It's like a... I, uh, go ahead. on. Go what? Ahead. I was just thinking. No, the salt being in the water may because it's a lower level of salt may keep certain energies away, and let the let the water charge differently yeah. than than regular fresh water or salt water. I don't know. I I would make holy water from it.
2: I would do something with it. You know, it's it. There really, really is something to it. Pull um, the Cthulhu water. Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: You could summon. How do you say it? I know how to spell it, but I can't say it.
0: Cthulhu. Cthulhu.
2: Cthulhu.
0: So, uh. Or you could say Cthulhu, some people
2: say. I, I actually like Cthulhu. Yeah. I think it takes some of his power. It's kind of posh
0: to say it that Cthulhu. way. Cthulhu. But, but yeah, it's okay.
2: Some of, some of his nastiness is kind of negated. Like, oh, yeah. how could you be mad? At, how could you be scared of that? I right? think
0: it's also a Metallica song.
2: Right. Um, but moving into this grand age of, of disclosure and SSP, and we're going to all be force fed what space travel is, and... Uh, and
0: replicators, and healing beds, and an RV, yeah. and get your Zimbabwe dollars.
2: Right, all of that fun stuff, all of the uh, the golden tickets, the Willy Wonka golden tickets into the chocolate factory, um, mass
0: arrests don't forget that
2: right well yeah and it's listen it's hard not to get hooked into this you know because things are so obviously changing that you want to be optimistic and you also want to you know pay attention and 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 hope for changes and so i mean listen i'm guilty of it because i i happen to think changes are being made and people are definitely getting arrested. So. You're, you're talking to the wrong one, because I happen to be super into all of this shit right now about the exposure and the arrests and all of that stuff. So I'm excited. So
0: okay, let's after. talk about that for a second. <laughs> I'm, I I have no judgment. Obviously, no one does. Okay. But, you know, I know that that narrative is going on, right? And I see what's playing out with, like, the whole Kavanaugh thing. And I don't want to yeah. get political about this, but it ain't right. What's happening just oh. in general right <clears throat> and it doesn't matter who is on which side of that thing what is happening there it ain't right besides all that though um there's really been no evidence like this whole Trump being a savior thing you're really behind that huh
2: well no no let me be clear he's certainly not a savior I think it's more yeah, uh... that
0: was a bad choice
2: well, it's an energy of, of change. It's a he's but a, do believe he is a catalyst of change. Yes. Yeah. So but what that change is, mm-hmm. it plays within the hands and minds of
1: human beings. Right. He's
2: not
0: so yeah, he's more of an agent of chaos than <laughs> than uh, catalyst or change catalyst. I think that is the catalyst of change, is that his he's chaotic. No one can tell what he's gonna do. Which is right. awesome. I think it's great.
2: Yeah. Love it. I mean, at the very least, all this is entertaining. And totally. It's really, uh, you know, the excitement that, you know, just the entertainment factor alone is something to write home about. And I hope whoever, whatever civilizations are chimes in watching this shit show right now, mm-hmm. I hope you guys are entertained. Are you not entertained? I feel like Russell Cloud yeah. was the pro in The Gladiator. Are really?
0: Are you <laughs> What we're going to see pretty soon, I hope, is that like someone's, uh, when, the, when that woman, those three women cornered Kavanaugh in the elevator, and the cameras happen to just conveniently be there, but he just steps back and clocks one of them in the jaw. He says, shut the fuck up. Boom. We're going to see that pretty soon, I think. Some, some level of that kind of uh, ape shittery. People going that nuts on TV. Because the spectacle has to grow each time in order to keep viewers' eyeballs glued to that TV, right? So, I just think it it just amps up every however however many times it goes through the cycle, every you know, whatever. It's gonna yeah, be
2: yeah, I mean, you' you're, you're right with the, with the cycle, though, like not, there is nothing new under the sun. The times we're in now, the characters that we're all seeing, um, It's all reruns. Positions, exactly. it's a rerun. We've, mm-hmm. we've been down this road before. we're just going through the motions of it now. Um, so, I'm happy to be on board with the exposure of the pedophilia. Like I said, that's, you know, that was something that called very deeply to me to at least speak my truth and stuff um, on somebody's behalf. Um, but yeah, I mean, way to rain on my freaking hope parade, man.
0: I'm not. I'm not. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. I, can see go- I can't see it being good either way.
2: Well, right. I mean... Really, this all may go to shit next month. I mean, we may all, they may roll out this 5G and next thing you know, half of us are blind. The rest of us are, you know, zombified. Who freaking knows? we just got to do the best we can while we can.
0: I think though, in all honesty, the amount of, how do you want to put labels on this? So, like, the, the the big blue wave is not going to happen, I don't think. And I think the number of people who are going to be angry about it is not as large as everyone thinks. They're just very vocal.
2: Plus, oh, certainly. Yeah.
0: Right. So, I mean,
2: Mockingbird yeah. Media wants us to believe that exactly. there are hundreds of millions of angry people out there that are ready and willing to die for some progressive values, and that's simply not the case. To become
0: communist. Yeah.
2: It's not the case no it's and it's I don't think it's ever going to happen. We have too many um too many uh people that that i uh, identify as patriots um and very you know very strong willed it's just never going to happen they they'll have to take everybody out before actual communism you know
0: is- they're they're getting there they're trying to i i heard someone say this, so this is not an original thought, but basically the plan is and this has been a plan of certain political people for a while now that their plan was to get positions of government where they could stall government and point at it and say, look, this form of government does not work anymore. And they instigated this log jam and then they'll come in and say, look, it's not working. We need a new form of government. And that's how shit's going to get in. That's how they're going to weasel their way in. Look at uh, the Project Veritas videos that just came out from the, the DOJ with the uh, Democratic Socialists of America agents working in the doj kind of interesting
2: it's very interesting no more politics Ah.
0: (laughs) but yeah no i i i I hope i hope that there's something cool coming otherwise i'm gonna be pissed again
2: yeah well i mean that might be what all of this is is they build more people up collectively than ever before just to crush them so it's kind of like you know the uh the the rev the revolution that almost was it's like once you burn once you blow that candle out when it gets to that point it's going to be another two generations before we work we get up the uh the desire the will the collective force to try again you know what i mean so um hopefully Uh, i don't
0: think there's another try
2: you don't think so you think
0: i think so i think we're coming to that that nexus point where there's nowhere to go so i don't know i really don't know
2: the next frontier really is i do believe it really is um space but then this is where this battle between elon musk jeff bezos um and and various other private companies that will have a monopoly on space um and space travel um you know, we look at NASA and what NASA is, and that's a conversation for another day. But I happen to think, I happen to think, and I'm working on a theory and I haven't revealed it yet because I still, it's still in research. I'm still researching. Um, Space but is I,
0: fake. That shit's up on balloons and they film all the ISS stuff in the studio down here.
2: Well, I was going to say that <laughs> I, I have reason to believe that some of these huge conglomerates, these uh, production companies, such as what was once TriStar is now Columbia, I believe that these production and film film companies are um, fronts for space travel. Absolutely. You think so, too, huh? Not for
0: space travel, but for money laundering.
2: Well, I happen to think that that's where a lot of this SSP, I'm doing funny quotes with my fingers. No, I know. I think that that's where they're, they're hiding a lot of the technology is, is through these film these production
0: companies. What technology? Exactly.
2: Um, as soon as I figure that out, I'll let you know. Um, but I happen to believe that because the human vessel, the human body is naturally the perfect, uh, vessel, the, the perfect conductor of all divine energies, that it is actually the ideal, um, ship or vessel with which to traverse, um, space time. So I
0: probably the only vessel.
2: Well, right. I mean, we have, you know, there are ETs that have their technology with their, uh, They're interesting metals, and and their their copper technology is as High would tell us about.
0: But that's all <laughs> speculation.
2: <laughs> well, right. I mean, we know a little bit uh, about Brill. Um We know a little bit about these these energy sources, but I mean, you ask me about technology, and um, my research slash my experience slash my dreams. Um, all lead me to believe that there is a kind of neurologically embedded um, AI that helps to map out or otherwise follow the, um, the individual, kind of the spirit of that individual as they move through, as they traverse space-time. Um, so they allow this person, through various means, to get to a, a point of um, hyperspace. Sometimes this is trauma induced sometimes this is sexually induced sometimes this is drug induced but I do believe there's a kind of neurological neurologically embedded AI or some kind of like a, uh, a tracer like a tracer beam like it, it, it does it follows because oh, I, gotcha. um, I mean if you if you were to take a human being apart we're laid out similar to a tree and there are correlations alchemically, anatomically, astrologically, um cosmological,
0: above. yeah, it's as oh, above so below, know. yeah, I know it's
2: you know we're you a know. giant
0: fractal of everything,
2: right, exactly, so I really think that you know, like tristar, for example, you know, one of your first questions to me on this show was about my my earliest earliest memories, and the fact is, um, my most primal memory, my very, very first earliest fuzziest memory, is the tristar Pegasus as it is coming down. It's this very, very short clip. I hear the music, I see the movement, the spreading of the wings. The it comes movement. across
0: from lower lower right to upper left.
2: Yeah, and I believe and and kind of layered on top of that memory is I'm in the back of a car that has no drivers. Mm-hmm. There's nobody driving this vehicle. I'm in the back seat, and it looks as if I'm on a track, and this track is quite literally a windy mountain road. I believe this to be a kind of smokescreen memory. Um, Especially fact, if no one
0: was driving, yeah. I would hope so.
2: And you know, because of the family that I was born into um, and just, you know, my history and all of these strange things that just, you know, at the time didn't seem all that strange, but only in retrospect, you know, talking to other people, it's like, holy crap, like, how did I not, you know? And it's weird, it's like when you're in it, it's kind of like when you're, you're in a cult that's your reality and your you're brainwash you have no freaking clue you have no perspective and then somebody saves you and they're like yeah dude this is the real this is what it's really like where the fuck have you been you know what i mean so right um but i i really gotta tell you i think these you know columbia and sony and uh Lionsgate and all of, if you look at the names of these production companies um pixar and the well, Dream the one with the with the moon and the the kid that's fishing. Off amblin,
0: Amblin Entertainment.
2: It's all about, like, I don't. It, it's all about image like,
0: generation. Is all it's about generating images for you to manifest. It's wild. That's I mean that's my take on movies in Hollywood that they they make movies about the things that they want you to think about and feel and how they want you to feel about those things, those images, in hopes that we manifest them in the future.
2: I think so too. I I really think that's, you know, they the what's it called? Um come on, it's a buzzword. Everybody knows it now. MKUltra? Well predictive programming. Oh too. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That's but that's not really prevalent. I do not believe that it's prevalent as people think it is, put it that way. All right. And we can have a discussion about that some other time because it's a long discussion. I think it's is—it's real what you're talking about and what people call predictive programming, but I don't believe that it is predictive programming. I think it's actually time travel, thought time travel, if you want to think of it that way. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. But anyway, I digress. Nish, I took over there. I'm sorry.
1: No problem. I found it all fascinating. I'm listening. I actually wanted to hear more about the smokescreen Dream. Stuff. that uh, is very
0: intriguing I was gonna say though um, you, you said it was your earliest memory could it have been a pre-birth memory
2: it's possible you know I uh, it, it is possible um, my mom being married to my father you know all of her health care was government health care um, all of her shots everything she had to endure she lost several. Um, she had several miscarriages before before I was born, so she told me she had to uh, endure all kinds of special treatments while I was in utero, and, um, you know, I was born on a military base in Central America and Panama in 1989. Um, it was right around the war in uh, Noriega, um, things were popping off, and the Marines came in, and um, my brother my mother and I were all evacuated on Air Force One. And I didn't know that that was weird until I would tell people about it. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, duh, you know, but it was weird because some, because of somebody else's there, you know, it, it only took somebody else's perspective for, to make it weird. Cause I was like, that's just how it, how it was. Um, then we lived in Jamaica. Jamaica, there's a lot of smokescreen memories of Jamaica. Every time I try to revisit that particular, those memories of living there, every time I go to the backyard, it's a huge projection screen. And the projection screen is actually a symbol um, that recurs a lot whenever there is something there that I'm trying to see and I'm being blocked. Symbolically, there will be a projection screen and I'll go to look behind it and it's a brick wall so I mean symbolically speaking this is all very cut and dry
0: I got a question about the the screen memory so now you you sound like you you've recognized that it's a screen memory right you can walk up to it and say hey what gives right how is it that you can't overcome that blockage
2: I've never undergone any kind of um, professional regression therapy Um, or hypnosis and so I really haven't and without that kind of assistance to be completely honest with you I don't want to see
1: what's on the other side of it
0: okay I'll give you that that that, that is the blockage then
1: yeah why Jenny she's scared of it
2: I am I really am I mean I there there I
1: but what so why is the fear there though what do you you know, a lot of times it's it's um, part of like the whole, especially in alchemy and all this, the whole therapeutic process is to actually get behind the curtain.
0: And you don't need so. a therapist or a hypnotist or anything to do it. Just FYI.
2: You right. can do it and yourself. Certainly, you know. Right. Certainly these things are just like, you know, uh, means of giving ourselves permission to revisit those yeah. memories. The security blanket. And I totally get that. Um, and to, you know, honestly, I know that there will come a time where in order to move forward and to gain a deeper understanding of where we're going, um, I'm going to have to kind of go there. I think for a long time, I justified not looking because I said, well, there are plenty of people don't remember when they were that little. Why should I try so hard to remember? But then I also realized that the nature of this journey, and especially my personal journey does have a lot to do with, who I am, where I come from, what lies behind that wall. Um and so maybe in order to be the best version of myself, um you know, as a speaker, as a as a presenter, as a reader, as a friend, maybe you know that's kind of the next step. Um I'll be 30 in March, so maybe uh maybe I'll I'll make that as a a goal for myself to look behind the projection screen. I'll let you guys know what I find.
1: It will surely be interesting. It's a deal. That's as David Bowie said about um, dying. So this is something we didn't get to when you were um, young. Were you brought up in a religion at all? No,
2: I was. My father is Jewish. Um, My mother is Christian. Um, But my mother is Honduran and Welsh. So she has very interesting, you know, her family, the women in her family are all, you know, Latina and, and Welsh. So they've always had this really interesting combination. There was always some, you know, I like, like that combo. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. It kind of gave me this really interesting perspective on, uh, you know, magic and tarot and things like that very, very, very early on. A lot of Latina women are into that.
1: Um so well, and, I'm, and then there's all the deep Welsh history with all of it too. You got it in both both aspects there.
2: Yeah. And then on my father's side too, I am actually related to uh, a very, very famous mystic um to whom there's a memorial built in Bratislava. And his name was Qasum Sofer. I tried to do the sound as best I could. I uh, the Yiddish word. Um so I have these really interesting. Uh, kind of roots in mysticism. Um, So I I do think that maybe some of what is hidden has has a little has something to do with that. I'm not exactly sure yet. I don't I don't want to be afraid of it. But I also, you know, struggle to find myself well, if it is a painful in the event that it is a painful memory, you know, I have a lot on my plate, you know, to worry about. So now I'm going to set myself back some kind of Revisiting some some hidden trust and possible hidden trauma, and set myself back a few years with, you know, therapy or whatever the case may be. I don't know. It could be nothing at all. But.
1: Well, it's t- it's totally understandable. And um, and with some of the stuff that I know you've talked about on your show and on other shows, you know, there's there's definitely some stuff there. To, I have paused over, you know, one to lift those veils too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Jenny, I, I totally get that. I was just curious. I um, What about, so in, in line with all this, since we got into like the uh, modern day stuff, sorry, it's my little dog. What about, what's going on with your bad dreams now? What kind of imagery are you getting out of them?
2: Okay, yeah. So these days, I think because I'm so tied into current events and you earlier, the discussion went slightly political. Um, and and that, you know, that's
1: why I thought this was a good transition to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the, the collective is so tied into the political show right now that our dreams are going to reflect this very obvious sort of climax going on in the collective. Um, but uh, the scary dream, so I think, like I said, because I'm so tied in and because I have put myself out there um, and I do talk about things like SRA and um, uh, MKUltra and a lot of this exposure, you know, you get a lot of targets put on your back. And um, I don't know, you know, I think sometimes you just, it's like when you stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back into you. Um, and I know above all things, the way to fight that sort of power um, is discipline. It's discipline of the mind. So it's almost as if, you know, it becomes a battle of wills. So you have to show no fear. You have to talk yourself through that fear. You have to be very careful with your thoughts. You have to have kinds of attacks. But um so I do find day to day. <laughs> right. Um, when you said kinds um, but, you of know, attacks, you got, might...
0: you got totally interrupted. In but the when you said attack, when you said talking about getting attacked, your feed dropped, and you froze up.
2: That's great. Yeah, I mean it happens. Whatever. I mean when you're when you go out and you start talking about this stuff and you start pissing people off, and then oh god, people actually start to follow you. Like I said, it's a target. So I think that some of these bad dreams may be related to that. Um, I I have dreams because I am a woman. Um, And a lot of my fears um, are are so tied into the collective trauma and suffering of all of the women that have come before me. Um, A lot of my more terrifying dreams have to do with being violated and sort of being used and mistreated and that sort of thing. Also, you know, feeling very helpless, feeling very vulnerable um, because I don't usually, I don't feel like that in my day to day life. I feel very powerful and very prepared and very vigilant. Um, so I think in dreams, that's a way for my spirit to fully feel, you know, these these uh, these feelings of fear that otherwise I, I put away, you know, um, so that I may function, so that I may do my job and protect myself, protect my family. Um, so I think it's just a way to experience fear in a kind of a controlled environment
1: like your perspective on that. And I, I can relate to, um, obviously, the, the woman, the girl experience. And it's, um, it does, you know, it's a challenge at times. That's to say less. I even <laughs> have a lot of commentary on that today, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Um, so what about experiencing the dead or spirits in the dreamscape? do you experience that kind of communication
2: i do i actually just two nights ago i had a dream about slain coach aaron Fife of um parkland of stoneman douglas so um he is the coach that died for t died he actually threw himself in front of several students and took Several bullets to the chest and died in that way. And this was a man that I knew personally in high school, um, and I'm also still very good friends with his brother. His brother is my Ray. And I just dreamt of of Aaron the other night, and it you know I dream about those that have passed. I dream about them a lot. And like I said, um, I have both um, conscious and uh, unremembered. Or not remembered memory um, experiences where I have channeled the spirits of the dead. So there were these two times that my mother has told me about, and then there have been other times where I am in communication with somebody that has passed. And it's not a big deal. Um, There's a a definite difference in energy between the spirit of somebody that has actually died, and then, for example, if you're just doing a reading and somebody's... um, you know, uh, a spirit guide or kind of, or a a totem animal or otherwise something that is more of a spirit as opposed to a soul um, of somebody that has passed. Those two energies are very easy to differentiate. And so um, I actually welcome communications with those that have passed. Um, I, I, it excites me. Um, I feel like in the future when I have kind of a better handle on some of my own Uh, my own inner work but that is something that I would like to explore I was actually just talking to my husband about how I would love love to work in some kind of official capacity whether it be um, like a investigator psychic detective sort of thing um, where we can track down you know um, people that have you know committed these murders or rapes or whatever kind of crimes and Currently, psychic evidence is not admissible in any way, um, but it is used. There are detectives. There are uh, organizations that do um, like that. Um, so, you know, that's that's something I would absolutely love to get my hands on. it.
0: But uh, sworn testimony is evidence. so Is it? Absolutely.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean, it is what it is. I, I do believe in our lifetime that. That there will be um, kind of a legitimacy. It was kind of like how we were saying earlier. We've reclaimed the word witch. The bad guys don't get to use that. They don't get to monopolize magic or the occult or the word witch or warlock because we know damn well that there are, you know, there are fabulous, necessary, powerfully divine aspects of all of those things. It's just they seem to have monopolized all of it and they make the rest of us look really, really bad. But in the same way, you know, that's that's kind of how I that's how I feel about that.
0: And that's all I'm gonna say about that.
1: Do (laughs) you So with this kind of stuff, do you how do how do you experience deja vu? And in context to the bleed over between like experiencing it in the here and now when we have one and that really magical aspect of it and how that may bleed over to where it's taking you or what it's about. What is deja vu for you?
2: Deja vu is one of those riveting experiences that I, when it happens, I love it. And I, I find myself trying to actively prolong the experience for as long as possible. So for some people, they say it lasts, you know, two seconds or five seconds and it's just this kind of glimmer or echo of a moment. And for me, when it happens, and it happens quite frequently, it's picked up frequency um, in in the past couple of years or so, um, but I'll find myself pushing it and pushing it and pushing it out to 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half, um, because I'm like, I want to know what the hell this is. So keep me here, keep me here in this space. Why is this happening? Um, I think I've just gathered at this point that it's these very temporary, Um, moments, these, um, this place of all knowing, all, all knowing, all seeing, we've been here before. There's no past, there's no present, there's no future. We're experiencing all of this kind of in that fractal. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's these really awesome moments that I, I invite, I love it. I love it so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think we're in some kind of like real time life review that got, got hacked
2: that's scary you have such a like like a dark perspective on things. like i like that's so scary it's not scary
0: it's not scary in any way it's it's something that we built that that we came into maybe it could be a virtual world that we built ourselves and brought ourselves in here and it broke or it's got bugs or it got hacked whatever doesn't have to be dark
2: right right well you know and and i i really appreciate that and i respect that i really do i think um for the sake of of just making things palatable for myself i like to paint them a little bit prettier than you maybe um
0: i i yeah i'm sorry
1: it's quite already i'm not
0: sorry but i you know what i
1: mean no i know you're not (laughs) class
0: that should robots are you not sorry what
1: so, okay, so I'm with you jenny i I really try to push into those deja vus. They're like I mean, seriously, I prefer a deja vu to an orgasm at this point, <laughs> so wow and, and that's just being in jest. I love them that much, and um I'm mystified by the experience, and I want to i'm I'm curious and I want to unlock it and get to a deeper place with it. What are your thoughts on? Okay, so how do you parse out and I'm using the air quotes too, reality. So what's the difference for you, how you see it, how you view it from these different states of consciousness, like dreams, memories, um, and then within dreams, of course that high lucidity where it feels where it's more real. This experience, and tied into like future experience, which is another state of consciousness our minds go to and inhabit even from the now. Uh, um so if you could unpack reality (laughs) I know that's a big one
2: if I could wouldn't that be great um so I I tend to go with the idea that this current incarnation that we have conscious experience of where we feel and we eat and we remember uh that sort of thing I tend to think that this for whatever reason is, God, I'm getting a really weird feeling right now. So it's not quite deja vu as much as it is just, you know, uh, it's, it's funny because language falls so short. My vocabulary is pretty limited. Um, and so my, my meat filter that is my brain um, doesn't have all the words um, with which to what it is that I, you know, how I feel about all this and how I see it. But um, I, t- I tend to think that we are playing out these kind of soul, these sort of fractals of the soul. And so we choose on some level, which I, I happen to think is a, a place that exists or operates outside of time and space. So I, I often see um, kind of my my higher self, if you will viewing my many many incarnations from the outside kind of looking in outside of of space outside of the construct of linear time and whatnot so that all of these are just many 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 experiences that amount you know ultimately to one whole one you know one being um so you know and i think that that's why we have archetypes also that's you know kind of ties into tarot and the language of symbolism is We need those things. That's how we map out who we are and where we are, um, kind of on Earth's timeline and the human timeline. So, um, I mean, I wish that there was, uh, I wish I could find the words. I really do. Um, I, I actually would love to take, like, art classes because I'm a very visual person, and there's so many mechanisms that I can see visually in my mind. And I have no words for them because I'm half a tard, right? But I'm like, I see it, I see it, I see how it works. But I don't have the artistic ability or the creative capacity to be able to uh, communicate, you know, communicate beautiful, beautiful mechanisms that I see. And to really sum it up, it I think this is a beautiful thing, uh, you know. Maybe it's a, soul, a prison planet. Maybe it is. Maybe we're all um, nothing more than currency, you know, galactic currency. And they just, they harvest us for our fluids. They harvest us for our energy. Um, even if that is the case, I think that we all agreed to um, undergo this process from a place, again, that is free of right and wrong and time and up and down and all of that stuff. What?
0: Nothing. I, I don't agree with... I don't... Okay, I don't necessarily know if it's I true I saw that
2: face, and I was like, why? He's got because something
0: to do
1: with I know, personal Jenny, I was opinion. like, oh shit, what's he going to say? No,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> That makes me angry that there have been decisions made for my life outside of the continuum in which I live. Right. That just kind of rubs me the wrong way.
2: Well, how does it make you feel to entertain the possibility that You, on some level, you agreed to it, that you did make that choice. You just don't consciously...
0: How is that acceptable?
2: I mean, I don't
0: know. I mean, I'm not not trying to denigrate that. It could absolutely be true, and it could be part of the experience here. But it pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah, As a sovereign soul or whatever. It's like, okay, you stick me in here, and I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) You know, it's like, what the devil? Anyway.
2: Yeah, but we do have these tools. You know what I mean? We do have these tools. So we were all put into this, you know, into this packed little sardine house. And we were given rules and structure and controls. um, So kind of as a means for us to figure the hell out over all of these years and all of these cycles, you know, to figure out all these different creative ways to get out of it. So in that sense, it's kind of like, I just I see myself outside of time and space with a thumbs up, like, you got this girl you're you're doing it, you're going you're it's all good you're there's nothing you can fucking do about it anyway, so have a good time and smile right so.
0: and that's exactly how I approach life and I always have so i mean yeah it's but just that whole notion i hear people it's almost like it's used as a I'm not trying to put anyone down or you know any it's just it seems to me that it's just another victimization target you know i am a victim of my higher self or i'm a victim of my spirit guide it's always this other external thing when you know there's no there's no way to resolve that it doesn't go anywhere
1: if you're approaching it like that jerry what it like the way i'm what i'm hearing from jenny and definitely part of how i feel about everything is it the puzzle analogy really works like we get in and try to figure out the puzzle try to unlock these barriers and and so again is that not is that not a layer of perception I don't know like our our perspective or how we we approach the idea of it the existential idea of this kind of stuff
0: Sure 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 on that level absolutely absolutely yes I know but still it's still that idea that notion it's out there it's there's energy behind that yeah,
1: oh definitely. Right.
0: And I think I think what it does is some people will take that as, oh, I'm being victimized by you know
1: but is the that outer and see, this is and, the outer realms mm. and this is this is the thing that and what Jenny brought up early anyway was how she's not a victim in her dreams. And
0: I wasn't talking about Jenny.
1: No, I'm just saying in general. This is I'm using this as a general and since Jenny's on our show tonight mm-hmm. and she brought this up it's it's pertinent and that we approach the way we approach anything and so if you go in it as a victim what are you going to get out of it you know
0: right. What, right
1: right right what's going to come your way from from that perspective did you participate or are you taking the power i mean i don't know there's so much here to parse out
0: right 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 i wasn't talking yeah it's it, that's a huge discussion
1: It is, but we have those here.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I want to get to it
1: now. we got 10 minutes left. So, Oh, my goodness, the clock. Um, 20 minutes. Okay, so I like this puzzle idea a lot, and it it, it really resonates with me. It's kind of how I see my dreams, for sure, which are more real to me than this experience. And I I wanted to chime in on, and this is just, this show's been an unusual one. (laughs) loving it I wanted to chime in Jenny you should definitely get creative and try to find a creative um, outlet to express yourself and we all have it it's a matter of tricks of the trade everything is I don't believe that one's actually I mean we see that people can see the world and present it in artistic ways that seem like prodigy but you can learn all the tricks in painting and video editing and anything.
0: And you don't need to take classes. You can just watch YouTube videos. And I have a, a good friend of ours didn't ever paint in his whole life. And the pictures he's painted are beautiful.
1: Yeah, he's great. Shout out to failed. He's awesome. So that, that's the thing. It seems like we're, uh, this is more the fuckery around us is that people are like, it's a God given talent. You know, you, you're a painter, you're a piano player, whatever you might be predisposition to these things. And there's a case to be made for reincarnation there too. But does that should never stop us. And uh, people's opinions of your creating should definitely never stop you. Exactly. i got I got on my high horse. I did not want to do that tonight. Girl,
0: you go, girl.
1: <laughs> so okay, right. let's move into death, Jenny. Um this is kind of where we wrap up these uh these um this part of the show. What's your perspective? Is that failed? Wow. Yeah. Wow, God, he's so talented. Anyway, um what's your perspective on on the idea of death, we've kind of touched that, but on the process of it. So we know we head that way somehow. It's part of this um, setup we have coming into life. And um, so where do you stand with death and all that that kind of represents in a larger yeah. larger Definitely.
2: way? Yeah, I love it. Death is a, a topic I tend to really not shy away from. Um, I was really drawn to death as a child. Um, because you know, I guess as that twelfth house energy, it was kind of all of the mysteries. I always felt the desire to contend, kind of, you know, meet all of those darker aspects head on. Um, cause like I said, I I never I never felt really like I was victimized. I I always felt like I was <laughs> I, I like to say I bully bullies. I really don't, you know, I don't um things don't it, it takes a lot. So um But death is something that never—I was never afraid of death. I'm still to this day. I don't fear death. What I fear um, is more than anything, um, you know, uh, being left behind. First of all, so you know, if ever given the option, I would certainly love to be the one that's taken. Um, And that's because I know that death is an illusion. It's simply a a you know transition from one state to the next, and in so many ways, it's it's a freedom. It's like yeah, I get to, you know what I mean? Like, all right. Um, and so, I mean, it depends what you subscribe to in terms of like reincarnation and how all of that works. Um, so it's like you just get sort of regenerated into a new body or whatever the case may be. Um, but for me, um, you know, I've had all of my ideas about death and how it really is just this illusion to, to those of us that get left behind. It's very hard to understand. Um, but that the actual you know, the soul that goes through that process, um, you know, that, that, that's the easy part. Um, Cliff High actually has some really, really great material that struck me and sort of confirmed what I had already suspected to be true about death and sort of the nature of that transition. And that ran along the lines of the more traumatizing and sudden the death, the harder the and longer the period Of um, sort of being sort of needing to rise above that trauma and realize what happened and you know that he he talks about how certain powerful people in the very old days back when they used to burn the healers and the and the witches and the wise people um, and also you know people that were enemies or threats to the the powers of the day they would be killed in the most horrific ways and the bodies would then be desecrated and sort of. Scattered all over the place because there is this belief that the body needs to be treated with a certain amount of respect and dignity. This is why a lot of cultures bury their dead. It's a huge, you know, ritual between mummification and adorning the bodies with jewels and and gold and sending these people um on their journey with all of these things, right? Um, so I think there really, really is something to be said for the nature of of that transition. So we all want it to be peaceful, we all want it to. Um, you know, sort of. You know, something not traumatizing. So I, t- I really. That's why, when it comes to death, it's hard for people to um, to kind of look at at what at the implications of of what they're actually doing. When I say they, I mean like <sighs> these empirical structures that torture children and torture people and all of the human trafficking and all of the millions and millions of deaths traumatizing deaths, sudden deaths violent deaths that result um from all of these you know these trafficking rings and just these nasty murder death cults right um you know all of that i think about those souls i think about those souls that are perhaps stuck uh confused they can't raise themselves above the trauma of that that vision that took place um, in the moment of death, and so you know, when I think about that, and I think about the children that have been lost in that way, I mean, that's enough to just bring me to my to my knees. Um, and that's you know, you know, you ask me about death, and I, I can tell you that it might be my interest or my kind of curiosity about death that has led me to this place where I'm, you know, I I want to help liberate you know, the souls of the people that have been killed in the most traumatizing of ways to kind of be free. And I think that even, you know, this may seem like a strange suggestion, but I think that the liberation of some of these souls and kind of guiding some of these souls to where they need to go may be key to to healing some really deep-rooted wounds that we share collectively. And so maybe until that transition is facilitated, um, that there are some things we won't be able to go through together, some things that as a civilization we won't be able or we won't be allowed or, you know, whether we impose those rules on ourselves or they're externally imposed, I think we need to heal uh, the dead, the spirits of the dead, before we can move on.
0: It's so weird that you said that. I was, I was thinking that today. Really? I was. I was driving. uh I was out driving. And I had that exact thought.
2: Maybe there's something to it then.
0: There was way more to it, which I can tell you after the show, but but that was the nut result. Just interesting synchronism.
2: Yeah, I mean we see we see what's done with these energies that they they exist regardless of whether or not we acknowledge them or not. For example, you know, the collective trauma of women and all of the suffering that, you know, the feminine has has undergone throughout many, many years of um, you know. Of of empirical rule um they what they use is they use the the, that collective pain and trauma they misguide it they channel it into the hashtag me too movement and into all this victimization stuff where in the name of all of the women that have been desecrated before me i will now stand in your way as a political obstacle (laughs) and it's a huge insult right Go ahead. Girl, I, mean, I feel you know you.
0: I was going to say, all you, that all that stuff is going to backfire on them. All the energy they're putting into it, it's going to bounce.
2: That's what I'm saying, because there are women that do not appreciate mm-hmm. what the hell is going on here. I mean, you're not going to use the blood, sweat, and tears of my foremothers for political gain when we all know, anybody that is paying any attention knows that This feminine energy, this feminine rage needs to be galloping in the direction of protection and of children and the exposure of monsters and the the defeat of the monsters.
0: It's Sorosian in nature.
2: What does that mean?
0: It means it's from George Soros.
2: Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Soros. Yeah.
0: Sorosian.
2: Sorosian. That's
1: good. Mm. Did you, is that you, Jerry? I mean, I'm sure other people have said it. No, I
0: I just made that up.
1: Yeah, it's the first I've heard it. I like it. It
0: has a Cerosean energy to it.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know. I agree.
0: We were talking about, uh, we made, I, I made up words for things that people were getting thrown off YouTube for. Like, there's a lot of flower pickers at certain hoaxed events, you know, run by florists. So you got handlers and crisis actors.
2: Yeah. Florists yeah. and
0: flower pickers.
2: Wow, that's good. That's mm. really good. Because now they can't their algorithms can't they can't
0: until they catch on. But yeah.
2: Until they catch on, they just reprogram. Right, them. just pick a new one. Wow. What are you gonna do?
1: It's interesting to watch these tides of energy that we know are and and it doesn't I mean specifically we're talking about the the rise of the feminine energy, which has been coming on my whole life. Um and uh it's interesting to watch it get channeled and put into like really manipulative nefarious ways where you know I I was always down with first wave feminism I love that give us the fucking right to vote give us you know all that but this third wave stuff I couldn't be further from it I'm like what is going on here I, I I don't know I'm not identifying with it and yet what I you know what I do know is that this energy is bubbling up. Of course, it's the precession of the aeons, as we know, um, and, and and people that deal with alchemy, alchemy, and astrology, and all this stuff understand how this pendulum is swinging. And Cliff talks about it. Um, but what's retarded, and I don't mean that in a in an ad hominem way towards any people. I'm talking about the energy, is and retarded meaning backwards is that it's we're being manipulated by it and so, so it, i wonder are we being forced to detach from some of it does that give it less power than, i mean i don't know i'm pondering all this stuff right now watching the move the me too movement and um i can tell you i sure as hell feel the rise up in me and the rage when i encounter bullshit in the world these days, and I always had to remain quiet. And I'm a sailor. I'm a backroom girl. I love to talk bullshit like that, like any other dude, you know. Um, so it's not like you know I'm all touchy feely, but this stuff is getting really twisted. And I'm wondering, in context too, if we were say in a dream, at what point do you say, "Oh, I'm lucid. This stuff's so crazy. This stuff is so wild." I'm awake, I'm dreaming, I'm awake, dreaming within this dream, and now what? I think we're at the now what.
2: Yeah, that, wow, that really, that really, really gives me a powerful visual um, of what it is. And, you know, I, I often think of that, how there is one reality, you know, there's, this, there's the collective, right, the consensus, So what most people on the planet are tuned into is what we all experience. Um, but, you know, turn on the news and you, you go on Facebook and you see some of the viral videos and behavior of of many, many people across the country. And you are certain that these people are living and perceiving a completely different reality other than our own. And that does bring into question, you know, for me, my mind automatically goes to frequency and, and you know, um, people that are actually being mind controlled through various weapons and, and screens, you know what I mean? Like some people are very, very susceptible to having their reality completely constructed for them while the rest of us are kind of, um, you know, certainly not better in any way uh, just um, aware, you know, and, It it really is wild. It's a special kind of betrayal as a woman. Um, Some of these horrible actresses out here that act as if they're all about um, abused children and abused women when really they're in the back room with Harvey Weinstein. Uh, You know, they're the same ones drinking the baby blood and, you know, making the blood oath. But then they come and ask you about, you know, give us your money. We'll send it to children in third world countries. Um... I mean, I think as as a woman, it's the ultimate betrayal to betray children in that way. So there is a special kind of force that is bubbling up. And these these folks that are on the wrong side of history, they need to be very, very careful um, because it really is going to blow up. They're playing with some huge forces. And I tend to think that there is a, there is a reckoning. Um, so, you know, it could be that some of these political, you know, the political scene and the social scene, all this runs parallel to what's going on behind the scene. So it's very physical, very uh, perceivable, physical manifestation of what's going on behind the scenes, these undercurrents of society, very, very mental, emotional fear. Um, but, you know, there is a, there's absolutely a reckoning and they're planning for this. So that's why. They design all of these psyops like Me Too and Third Wave Feminism in order to have a place for all of that inevitable energy to go. They don't want us to figure that out amongst ourselves. They don't want us consulting with our elders and the grandmothers and the medicine women and the healers. They don't want us doing that. They would much rather uh, control and channel all of our collective rage into a Sorosian uh, agenda, you know, and, uh, it, it's this really special place in hell reserved for people like that.
1: So I, I, that's interesting too. I want to, I meant to ask you about this earlier. What, what are, so like the whole idea of hell or these states of, um, sorry, there's crazy cars out tonight. These states, these places that we hear about, which we know are kind of maybe, um, I don't know states of mind in a weird way, but then everything is kind of um like hell. What is that? Is there like? Can you define what what that is? Because when I hear people make those statements, I, I am also I I agree, but I'm I'm wondering now what is that? What's hell?
2: So I don't know if either if either of you are in any way familiar with the Norse tree, um, the Norse tree of life, the nine. Yes, life. definitely. So that is my preferred blueprint of some of these um, places. I'm doing the quotes with my hands here. I think that these more than actual, you know, locations. I think they're primarily states of mind. And so, you know, places like hell have their planetary um, correlation. So we have alchemical. Um, there's even Kabbalistic correlations to the bottom of that, the bottom of the Kabbalistic tree of life, Malkuth, these are the lower world. So we can kind of arrange and correlate all of these, these worlds like hell and heaven and you know, Midgard and all the in-betweens and the rainbow bridge and all of these metaphorical, you know, symbolic representations of what I think are just compartments in the mind. So I mean they have different levels. So we have the physical correlations. Um, I I like to I liken the the human vessel to a tree. So that's why I feel like places like hell are accessible in the mind. And I think that the the concept of going to hell or getting sent to hell. Um, I think that that is possible. I think with the right or rather the wrong or some very sinister. Um. Uh, programming or AI, one can be locked into a state of quote-unquote hell. You can be sent to a compartment or a location or a frequency that is hellish in nature. Um, And so sometimes these things, sometimes people identify these as being self-imposed, and sometimes people are more comfortable with the idea that they were sent there or put there by some external force. But in any case, I do liken these various worlds um, to the, the Norse tree, or I, I, at the very least, I really, really love the tree as a symbol of the body, the mind, and all of these worlds that we can really traverse through if we know how.
1: Thank you. That was great and very, um, very in tune with, yeah, definitely. I, I think I have concluded that this section i'm sure there are questions and i don't have a time constraint so i'm i'm good if you guys are i don't know what questions to f- i have
0: no life so i don't care um nobody's asked any questions that i could see i forgot to ask people
1: i'd love to get jenny on some woo woo stuff even though we've been there all night cool. we always are there it's Knox mentee but <laughs>
0: so, yeah i, I right. we need to start bringing that like Integrate it so because i forget we if you go back and listen we'll miss things we don't go back and go oh we'll talk about that afterwards and we'll forget
1: yeah yeah
0: there's no time like the present
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay jenny what's your favorite dream
2: my favorite dream includes uh eating as much as i want never gaining any weight um unlimited firearms unlimited <laughs> i'm just kidding um No, are we talking about dreams or are we talking about fantasies? Um, So, you know, I really, because like I said, I do get excited before I I enter dream worlds, And I've also found that I can set an intention before I go to sleep and I can then experience whatever I choose to. So if I want to fight somebody, in the physical that I know I cannot actually fight because I'll go to jail or they live too far or whatever the case may be I will then you know challenge the the sort of mock up of this person I won't attack this person spiritually or psychically and sort of make that you know because that, that's dabbling now but I will for my own kind of putting something to bed or you know put being getting to at peace with something or confronting something in my own way I'll then be like, you know what, I'm going to just pound this fucker into the ground, right? So, um, you know, so there's, there's that. And, you know, if there's also, if there's, you know, some kind of uh, inspiration that I would like to get, um, I'll ask my higher self to take me to a part of the world that I'd really like to visit so that I can experience that and kind of absorb that landscape, absorb a lot of those energies, and I'll wake up in the morning and I'll feel inspired um so you know a favorite dream uh i i I really like a lot of my dreams i i really love the dreams where i'm in beautiful like a beautiful architecture in the mountains the mountains lakes kind of girl um i prefer that to the of like mountain water uh that sort of thing so i often find myself in those positions um but yeah
1: What it, okay. So I have a, I have a deep woo-woo question. What, it, and you kind of, you gave us a little teaser earlier on. So I, I feel like I know where it may go, but I'm not sure. Never. Um, what are your thoughts on like all these different ET races and all that?
2: Well, I used to be very, very fascinated by that topic and, you know, around my, um, I, I was 19 and I was really fascinated
1: by the Anunnaki,
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I kind of, thats like a very, uh, retro thing these days, though, the Anunnaki, you know, I, Isn't I, that I,
1: funny how that's retro now?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> funny. It's amazing how time flew. There was a time when that sort of thing was so <laughs> groundbreaking and nobody was talking about it. And now it's like, oh
1: God. I know it's old news. It was so provocative and yet it's ancient. <laughs>
2: Right. I love it. We go through these things so quickly. Like we're it's ADD culture. We're like, ah no, move on. That one's not hardcore enough. That one, you know, doesn't have (laughs) severe enough implications. But um yeah, you know, I've shifted kind of away from delving too deep into the various alien races for one reason. And that's because I really believe that any of the races that are actively engaging with us. Um, I don't trust aliens. I got to tell you, I I don't care if they if I'm related to them. I don't care if we're soul family. I don't care if I don't care. I don't care if they call themselves angels. I don't care if they call themselves demons. I don't. I, I really believe in free will. And I feel like the ones that come and try to tinker with us or give us messages or the ones that you can channel and then present to hundreds of thousands of people and call yourself a Pleiadian starseed channel or whatever. I am very, very wary of these things. I tend to think that a lot of them are recordings. So we, it's kind of like a radio, you know, you pick up a station and you're just getting a recording, that sort of thing. I, I feel that a lot. I I really don't take too much stock in the alien races thing. Um, that might change as a lot of the disclosure stuff comes out and I, and just really compel you know, kind of forced into if
0: it. If disclosure stuff comes out.
2: If it does. But you know, for me, it when I think of aliens, I, I feel like, you know, your people are the image of the little green men, the slender fingers, the scary sort of emotionless, voidless space. But for me, the one race, or it could be many races, but the the one group that I specifically would like to work with actively and I'm I'm open to them at this time would be the beings that live um inside the earth. So some people would call it Agartha, some people would call it, you know, um inner earth, whatever you'd like to call it. But I would like to work with the people, the beings that we share this planet with. I'm not really interested too much in other, you know, other planets. I mean I think, you know, like it kind of coincides with the world tree and stuff that it's all very much linked. But I really would like to focus on us. I'd like to focus on humanity. Um, and I think that if there are, um, civilizations that are very, very, in fact, very close to us, um, in, in time space, I think that, you know, I would be open to, to working with them to, to help each other, to help humanity, to help the earth, that sort of thing. So I don't, I try not to get too caught up and.
1: That's very grounded of you. And I appreciate that. I, I think. I really think we need to spend a little time understanding what's at the basin of these oceans and deep seas and deep water spots, what's going on there mm-hmm. before we start projecting outward so much. I think that there's a lot to discover right oh, here at home base. Is
2: that the Pegasus
0: on your shirt? It's a rainbow unicorn.
2: Rainbow unicorn. Right.
1: Okay. <laughs> Jerry.
0: I wanted to get a screenshot of it.
2: Sorry. <laughs>
1: So did-
0: you just muted yourself.
1: Did you get questions?
0: I did. You were you were just answering one. You guys were.
1: Oh, cool. Uh, I love when that happens.
0: Uh, it was a cool one. Sproliod. <sighs> Someone asked if you were in the secret space program. Here it is. Were you part of the secret space program by chance? Yeah. Regardless, what's your view on that subject?
2: I mean, I don't know. I might be. Um,
0: yeah, we all might be. For all we
2: right? Know. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, I don't have paperwork. I don't have an ID card. <clears throat> but for some reason... <laughs> Nobody like,
0: does. That's the thing.
2: Right? <laughs> right. Like, where's everybody's documentation? Can I see these files? And then I understand the argument to be more like, well, you know, the files exist, but they're not, they're not on paper and they're... Hardwired and what have you, and all of that is fine and dandy. And I'm not saying that I disbelieve it. I do, but yeah, I mean, and you wouldn't be wrong, okay? Because some, you know, logical, reasonable people need proof, and in this day and age, we need proof, right? So, but I really do think that we are going to come into, you know, as a collective, come into a new phase where then perhaps some of this stuff will, you know, will reach a greater under- collective understanding of how it works and. Mm why this documentation is not readily available in the format that we're used to, where it's like, you know, administration forms and medical releases and all kinds of shit like that, right? But um, kind of like in the same way that a lot of the MKUltra programming is carried out, um, kind of on that spirit level, um, you know, the black magic, high source a lot of that is all coming
0: forty lower forty the lower astral chicanery that goes on,
2: yes, mm-hmm. um you know, I feel like it's all very tied into that, and in that aspect, you know there are so many unknowns there's
0: that that's what I think the space is for the secret space program,
2: yeah, they are sorcerers, so time travel space travel they're all they're they're basically. Uh, black magician. They're magicians and they're working with magic and, you know, elemental energies. And I think that they couple that also with some AI somehow. And this is how they're able to do what they do.
0: Someone once told me that um, the quote unquote I'm doing the air quotes now for anyone who can't see me, which is everybody. Um, it's the theme tonight. <laughs> I love air quotes. They're like my favorite, you know, gesticulation. But anyway, <clears throat> I digress. Um, someone once told me that the the underground bases were junction points between the underworld and here.
2: I believe that. I do, I do. The I really technology
0: do. they use down there or have developed are used to install entities from the underworld into people. That's the, the cloning, if you will. They clone demons into people. I don't know if it's true. It was a cool story, though.
2: Well, I think that over the, the course of the history of humanity and all of the many, many times that this planet has been through cycles like this, um, I think everything that has, everything that could happen has happened. And everything that hasn't happened yet is bound to happen. So when you say everything's possible, I, that really, really is the case. Um, as far as the secret space program goes, I hate the term "secret space program." I want to be like who freaking came up with that? Sh- that it's just the marketing know, guys did. It's hokey. It's really hokey, and to me, it's just plainly it's just insulting because it suggests it, it, it's just to me it's so indicative of like a Starship Troopers esque kind it's, it's
0: of indicative of a psyop.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, but I also I also really do feel that there is a kind of program uh, that is is very much involved in the exploration of time and space travel that is secret. So um, in that sense, you know, it, it does exist, and it's almost silly to think that that it doesn't at this point because it's like, how oh, really? How do you explain, you know, half the ship that goes on? So. Um, I think that there, it it is a thing we are about to freaking find out. It just comes down to whose version of it is going to reign supreme. Is it going to be Elon's version where he tricks everybody with his high tech state of the art VR and, and shows everybody what space travel is from his perspective. They're going to design it and trick us into thinking, oh my God, we're leaving the planet. We're going to Mars. When really, it's just high-tech VR. And they don't actually want us to know.
0: I think they're going to kill people.
2: You think? They're
0: going to kill them and then shoot off the rocket, which will land in the ocean. And then it'll be, you know, it'll be a CGI adventure from the rest of the way on.
2: Again, your darkness?
0: I don't think you can fly a rocket in space. I don't really (laughs) technically believe space exists, but that's a whole other discussion. Because I'm strange. Uh, It's not dark. It's just... It's human nature. It's what people right. tend to do. They don't care. You think Elon Musk cares if a few people die? But he made a million dollars.
2: No, I don't no.
0: either. No.
2: Yeah, I. And I'm I mean, not picking
0: on Elon Musk. You know, I'd rather pick on Bill Gates. He's creepier. Yes, he is.
2: he is creepier. I've
0: I've met Elon
2: Musk. Yeah, I mean, I think that the only secret part of the secret space program is the fact that most common commoners, peasants, like like myself we just don't have uh you know knowledge of it but you know I think a lot of people at the top do and to them it's a joke
0: again uh, more secrets that we're not privy to
2: exactly hmm. exactly so in that sense and that's why we have to be very very wary of all the front runners coming out talking about the secret space program and and there are some there really are some good eggs i really really think there are some good eggs even talking about the secret space pro- program some of them are my friends you know but um I, I I'm not
0: saying that these people aren't having these experiences because I, I I believe that the that a majority of them are actually experiencing this. Mm-hmm. Which I know might sound like a contradiction, but it's not. You know, I believe that they're experiencing it, I just don't believe that they are doing what they think they're
2: doing. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean that that makes most sense. It seems logical to me. I mean they people have very vivid memories and recollections,
0: and mm-hmm. things. This is just something that's been on my mind lately, is um, this whole, all these narratives, all these narratives that are gonna that are being channeled. You know, I mean, you've seen like the channeling of Saint Germain and Archangel so-and-so, and you know what I mean, how everyone's got a ch- uh, specific entity that they channel, and a lot of the information lines up across the board with the people who channel that entity, right? So, like, the Arcturian message is always the same. Mm-hmm. and the Ple- You know what I mean? The Pleiadian message Where are these narratives coming from? That's that's the thing I've been thinking about lately. These people are antennas for this broadcast. What is that coming from inner earth, you think? Or external, or is it consciousness? Or,
2: well, you know, I think that even when we're talking about inner earth, we're still talking about um, a conflict of management. So, uh, even
0: I meant physically at the center of the earth, like there's a broadcast uh, station. Oh. Sorry, I didn't mean like hollow earth.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I sheesh, when it comes to locations, you know, where is it? No, I, I, I don't know, but I can definitely tell you that when I think of all these channels, these people that you know claim to be channeling various extraterrestrial intelligences whether collective or singular I'm not saying that I disbelieve that these people are telling their truth I just disbelieve the source from which it's coming from and I like I said I feel like in a lot of cases it's like a recording it's like a voicemail and it's they spit out these messages repeatedly um, maybe sometimes it's sinister maybe it's not you know um, it's, it could just be a uh, Means of keeping people busy
0: um, I've never heard any sinister ones you know no. some of the not really not not anything that's oh. like I'm going to kill no. your family
2: no well, I mean, what do you think possession is I mean but that's a, that's channeling
0: that's not somebody making youtube videos though i'm oh, I was right. speaking specifically to the information of people on blogs and youtubes and in right. social media who do this channeling regularly
2: right. Yeah, no, you're right. It seems to be an overwhelming message of hope and, you know, be patient. It's all mm-hmm. happening. We're sending you healing. We're sending reinforcements. I've been hearing that since, you know, 2000, 2004. I've
0: been hearing um, it since 1985. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I just, I, I i wonder about that. Where is this coming from? So anyway, I didn't mean to pull that aside there. Um. So what is I was going to pull up another question because I did see one. Someone asked if you had any, besides Nox Mente, what podcast do you listen to?
1: Ooh. Um, I, I like that question.
2: Mm-hmm. I do too. No, that's a really good question. I mean, I'm subscribed to so many great, great people, but I got to tell you, like, I will always go back to lectures from Terrence McKenna, Uh, manly p hall alan watt
1: oh girl you're singing my story
2: yeah you know i really like to listen to you know obviously more modern speakers and presenters everybody's got some really great mark passio i I really like you know some of his material on the tarot i even really really like michael tarian's unslaved podcast but ever since he and i got into a slight like he called me out and he was like, You're a fake tarot reader or whatever, because he thinks he like invented tarot and he's the only one that can read tarot. So I was like F off, man, right? So like I don't care. Yeah, you're great. Your body of work is very impressive. And I've always looked up to you and I'm secretly super, super hurt about this, but still F you man. So um but still, um he's he's a great resource for all things tarot. But I stick with the basics, man. I stick with the grades. These days, people's podcasts um, are so so politically charged that it's just a whole lot of the same stuff. Um, you know, I, lo- I my friends have some really great podcasts. Channel Twenty Seven, you guys know it's Heidi Vandenberg, and
1: we she- love Heidi.
2: Yeah, Heidi's just- Heidi's
0: awesome. I, I w- talk
2: to Heidi every day. She's my she's my walking star chart.
0: I wish she was about twenty years older.
1: Heidi doesn't take shit either. I love that.
2: She really doesn't. And, you know, her and I really balance each other out. She is strong where I'm weak and I'm her eyes when she refers. Um, So, you know, yeah, I podcast. I keep it really simple. I, I really, really listen to those that have come before me um, long, long before. And I feel like I'm in the company of, of friends when I listen to people like Terrence McKenna and Dan and um, You know that that's that's really what I stick with. I try to I try to I kind of mind my own business. Um, If I stick my neck a little too far out these days, I seem to just get totally, you know, it's it's like too much attention, you know. So I I really do kind of my mind, mind myself and you know stick in my own little corner, stay in my own little corner on the internet.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it seems like it's da- there's a feeling of danger these days on the internet. I'm not sure, like opinions like we should all have our freedom to our opinions but don't have one
2: <laughs> stakes are high the stakes are really freaking high right now yeah you know um it's there's definitely panic there's there's definitely um you know th- there's there's high stakes right now and so that's why that you know we see the censorship and what have you but um what about what about you guys? Do you guys have any podcasts that you love? You have so many people, and I imagine you have such a broad, so many options.
0: We one of our our we set out to only interview podcast podcasters. Uh, I think that my general idea was that the pod people who have podcasts talk to a wide swath of people, and generally end up connecting a lot of dots that they probably don't talk about right and i wanted to exploit that knowledge and be a meta dot collector
2: you're the worst what <laughs> no i'm just
0: can't okay, the information kind
2: of, the dryness is so great and i just i really it's
0: that was totally honest
2: i know i know
1: it was and
0: <laughs> it, like the whole show was Nisha's idea <laughs>
1: Perfect. Yeah, but it does not. I show up. Jerry does everything.
0: I don't literally. do. I don't do it. I just Dude. goop off and chat. <laughs> Ignore the guest. You know.
1: Ignore Everyone should guy. have a Jerry. Everyone needs a Jerry. Well, I
0: have external plumbing, so I can only focus on one thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this, uh this has been a fun show. It's been totally a different show. I, I'm enjoying that aspect of it too. Um, which feels so, um, kind of feels Uranian.
0: Jenny brought the fun energy.
1: Jenny did
0: the non-Sarosian energy.
1: Tirosian, yeah. Well, I, I I like your far outness, Jenny, and I also like how you get grounded too. So it's like you got a you've got a good balance there going.
2: Well, I've had to because I really did spend the first fifteen years of my life with absolutely no means of grounding myself whatsoever. I couldn't, even if I, I strived to, between the SSRIs, the toxic relationship, you know, primarily, primarily with my mother, um, and just my, you know, kind of closing myself off in my own world, very, very hard to find grounding. And I only learned through time, really, just age and experience, and also no chemicals, no SSRIs. I don't drink alcohol. Um, I avoid all synthetic drugs. Um, if it doesn't come from the earth, I don't put it in my body. Um, but, you know, that grounding, I've, I've really been slapped around by my, by my decisions to remain in the fantasy world for extended periods of time. You really can't do that. You can't swim in the psychic realms 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and so in my case, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a friend. Um, And I'm a professional and I need to keep my feet on the ground. Even sometimes it sucks and I want to escape and I want to swim away because, you know, uh, I like the world of my making, if you will. So if I was a tree, if I was the world tree, my planet, my zone would be a watery, a very warm, watery place where everybody's hair is always perfect and um, there is no pain and children grow and learn and explore and all the men look really good and everybody gets along and <laughs>
1: oh my, sign me up yeah Wait, sign me up yeah. and beautiful antiques
2: <laughs> yeah antiques we go antique shop <laughs> I yeah like just a world a fantasy world but you know that's that's only that doesn't really get us very far. So yeah, the grounding part. Heidi helps me with that too. She's like, stop it. She's like, no, what
1: do we That is so your triple Pisces. I just want people to continually know that you're a triple Pisces. And so this, that little journey you just took us on is so classic. I was, <laughs> you know, you know. it's. Oh, yeah, good. I want
2: things to be perfect. I want things to be beautiful and emotional and meaningful and deep. Um, and then I get really, I got disappointed, so disappointed, so let down by other people because they didn't share that depth and they just wanted to live on the surface all the time. And I was like, you suck. I'm going back to my own fantasy world. It's so much more fun there. And the people there are so much cooler than you. But, um, you know, I found a pretty happy medium. I I can get along with almost anybody now, but, um, you know, even like the people that I, I talked to Emily, you guys know, Emily Moyer, um,
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Did she's you, been on the show. Yeah, she's, she's a friend yeah, of
0: mine. I've known her for a while. Friend of
1: mine too. Yeah.
0: Were you Were you implying that you didn't get along with Emily before?
2: Oh no. Okay. I'm, okay. Yeah. No, she. Emily is one of my. Um, she's one of my safe places that I go to, and I, you know, she also really helps to ground me, and and we discuss what we know as opposed to what we believe or what we feel, and where those things kind of differentiate and. Um yeah, and I brought her up because she said so many nice things about you guys, and she was excited for me to come on, and she was totally right about both of you. She was like, <laughs> and she, she just described both of you so perfectly, and um, so big shout out to her. She's amazing. Um, yep.
1: Hello, Emily. Yep, she knows us too well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I talk to Emily all the time, and she's, um, yeah, she's a solid in my life as well
0: let's call that a night
1: yeah thank you jenny you are completely charming um and i think we got a little bit more of you out like a little we got to know you a little bit more which is great
2: thank you i i hope and i do this a lot where like i reveal so much and then i walk away and i'm like god i shouldn't have said that like <laughs> <laughs> I revealed that, but again, I'm telling you, it's my Piscean nature to reveal too much. It's
0: it's good, it's good to get it out.
2: Yeah, to the whole world, to strangers that don't give a shit.
0: <laughs> We've had people come on the show and talk about how they were raped as a kid. You know, it's like, whoa. Yeah. You oh
1: know? yeah. I mean, it's, it's 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 all good. That's part of what we're doing it's here. Part anyway. of the
0: healing of our show.
1: Yeah. And and people that have an issue with it, they don't have to listen. I don't understand why critics have to come in and make a comment I and mean, we had comments from last week's show like that where people are making comments in the in the comment section they didn't even listen to the show clearly because they're asking about stuff that did not come up in the show and so they just come in with their misconceptions or their ideas of what a person is saying and um, not giving the show a chance I mean that's what we do here is talk to you as a person
2: Well, right. It's not like you know your your own personal experience of reality can be refuted in some academic capacity. Like, dude, I'm talking about my opinion. How are you going to come in here and tear me apart and tell me I'm wrong? Like, I'm not you know reciting the dictionary for you. I'm I'm speaking my piece. So I think people. I really think people are bored, and some of these people are even paid. Some of these people. Oh yeah. Yes. To come around and just cause
0: trouble. I I really think most of them are bots.
1: There's so many bots. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I see bots posting, you know, if <laughs> my favorite thing is you'll t- you'll see someone talking about something dark, right? Something like that I think of, right? And on a video you'll have like bible quotes. Like, Jesus said this or they'll quote Genesis or something.
2: Oh, I love that. And
0: then you'll get people qu- saying yeah right on that's like a conversation between two bots
2: you know what that never occurred to me because i'm like is this person so crazy they come onto my channel and they they try to say use bible scripture and it's like this real life it's a trigger
0: it's a trigger mechanism
2: (laughs) yeah it gets people
0: riled up oh you know you can't post bible quotes it's got nothing it's that kind of thing it's to cause division it's just who knows where it comes from it be like just lives on the internet to hassle people for all we, know.
2: we have a whole show on on the origin of bots and trolls
1: they're all from russia it's all russia. Oh, yeah right, not right right russia. no wait it's china right, right. no wait wait, I mean. wait 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 it's outer space
0: Darpanon. that's pretty funny mad all right no
1: it's the moon anyway I'll, I'll shut up
0: no you don't have to shut up
1: it's cracking myself i just up. want to
0: say good night to everyone thank you for joining yes. us Good night, Jenny. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you. <clears throat> Thank yeah. you everyone in the chat. As you yes. know, I'm not there. Shout out to Darcy.
0: And be sure to join us next week when we continue our witchy October. We forgot to talk about your witchcraft, but that's okay. That's
1: okay. No problem. Girl, for real.
0: Next week is another us, so- show. That's another show.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. for
0: sure. We're going to have to do like Nox Mente recaps. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Where are they now? Where are they now? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, what, right. what are they dreaming now?
1: <laughs> oh, Jerry, you're onto something. There. Be
0: sure to let us know if you have any sync cities after this. Or sure, I will. And be sure to join us next week when we'll have Solaris Blue Raven. That should be a good time. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, good night, everyone. Thanks and take it easy.